Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Go Play That podcast. I'm Earl Baker and with me is Rob Cook. Hello. And Bob Morate. Hi. Uh, so this week we're going to switch it up a bit. We usually do a little round table and talk about what games we've been playing this week. And we're going to actually focus on a topic instead. And uh, the topic is inspired by some recent releases, namely Overwatch, which is out tomorrow at the time of recording <laughs> so yes yesterday it's you're, you're all playing it in fact you're probably not listening to this podcast you're probably playing overwatch um but uh we, we've been playing well rob and i and Stu have been playing doom multiplayer and we, we've been very much fixated on freeze tag um now freeze tag isn't a new mode for for first person shooters in general i think you did a little bit of research, and it was a mutator for Unreal Tournament originally. Is that right? I'm not sure if it was a mutator, but it definitely saw popularity in the mod scene uh, right. for, for that era of PC shooter. Okay, because uh, I I enjoyed the Doom beta. I think I think we all had a, a pretty good kick out of the Doom beta. Um, I've been yeah. enjoying multiplayer generally, um, but freeze tag was not one of the modes included in the beta. No, the 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 highlight from that was the warpath mode, which is like a moving king of the hill. But there was nothing round based like like freeze tag is. Yeah, and so so very briefly, freeze tag is basically team deathmatch, except instead of dying, you freeze on the spot, and your teammates can unfreeze you by standing next to you for a few seconds. Oh, um, uh, so it it just keeps on going back and forth until one team has completely frozen. Um, but why enjoy about freeze tag um, is the the game can swing completely from one way to the other before it's over. Um, I've seen matches where it's six on six. Um, one team has six players and the one remaining player on the enemy team has to basically stealth around the map to try and get to at least one of his teammates to revive them to stand a chance. I've seen matches go from six versus one to one versus six to six versus one and all the way back again. Oh, wow. That, um, sounds, that sounds exciting. Yeah. It, it starts off as a big six on six shooter. Quite often like there's mayhem grenades being thrown into rooms. And then in that big shootout, the rest of that, round is determined by how many people got frozen so you and, yeah and how close they are when they died like how close they are together because if you if you can camp two frozen enemies that are in the same room that's a really good location to be because obviously that's a hot property f- that the other team is going to want to get in on yeah and if if everyone is uh is frozen together it's basically game over because you, you'll just you'll just make sure that no one can get to that huddle of players, but it actually gets very complicated even as the dominant team. If the enemy is frozen all over the place, because you basically have to coordinate. Do we split up or one of my favorites is when you recognize who the best player is on the other team camp, that one guy. Yeah. 
exactly yeah. <laughs> and uh we we had a, a a really fun game actually where there was one player who had prestiged how many times it four times over he was on, he was on his what? fourth really yeah. mm, already wow um and he had the skills to match it as well this wasn't just a guy that put the time in i think he's boosting very quickly because he's very very good and um i would say i was probably one of the stronger players on our team so i was yeah. the one that had the best chance of freezing him and when we did it's like come on everyone it's just stay on that guy's corpse that's our best chance of winning and <laughs> sure, and sure enough it's a tactic that works if you can neutralize the strongest player um, and hold that room yeah yeah, yeah. so I, I just think freeze tag actually allows for some really interesting tactics beyond just team deathmatch and personally it's my highlight uh, of doom um the, the the campaign everyone's trodden that ground already i think everyone is both surprised um and excited about how good the campaign is um a lot of people were put off by doom because of their experience with the beta but i i really want to evangelize this freeze tag mode so if you've bought the game for the campaign already just get into that mode um is uh, is my thoughts let me give it a try then if i ever get the chance of of getting doom myself i'm definitely going to try that first yeah yeah it's it's really interesting because it gets you thinking about how you're like where you're going to go in the level differently like if it's normal team deathmatch you're just going to throw yourself respawn and, and try again whereas this you don't want to let your team down by just getting shot down in the in out in the open where they can easily you know camp your body yeah and i think that the maps as well are really well designed generally in in doom multiplayer um I think the um I was really surprised that they didn't just duplicate some of the um what's the uh where you spawn loads of enemies when you squeeze the heart out of that thing in the campaign what's it called um hate nest or yeah, spawn nest or something yeah or hell nest or something <laughs> like that yeah when when you when you basically attack a hell nest in the campaign it locks all of the doors around you and you have to clear the area of enemies. And those areas are designed very much like a Quake deathmatch arena. Uh-huh. I'm amazed they didn't duplicate those arenas for the multiplayer. But in actual fact, they've gone one further. And the multiplayer maps in Doom are really good. There aren't many. Um, what is that? Six, maybe less, Rob? Yeah, very sh- small handful. But the ones that are there are quality. Um, and I yeah. much prefer to have... Um, a small handful of really high quality maps um, that are really well balanced and well designed and fun to navigate than having a hundred maps that are kind of just a bit loose or you roll your eyes when it comes up on the rotation. Yeah, totally. I mean, if you think of players playing Counter-Strike, they just talk about Dust 2. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't, you don't yeah, yeah. need a, you don't need a load of maps for it to be a good game. No, for sure. You, you need good design ethics. I mean, there is a season pass for Doom which is mm. a real tough sell at the moment, I would say. At, yeah. What is it, 40 euros, I think? It's 40, which coupled with the res- the general reception that we can perceive on the internet is, is definitely difficult. Yeah, because if I look at myself, I would I will actually drop uh, money on that season pass. 40 might be a bit of an ask, but um, yeah. I do want to play more Doom. But... I'm also very much aware 
that because I'm having to kick off this podcast to try and sell to people the idea of playing the multiplayer, <laughs> um, that there is inherently an issue there. Uh, just to, to divide what may be a small audience in the first place with season pass content is going to be really tough. I can see that price coming down quite quickly. Well, coming down is a bit difficult because what, what do you do with the people that have already put the money in before any, con- any content's even been rolled out? That's always a dilemma. Yeah. And and these things happen. <laughs> yeah, but they happen yeah. like one or two years in. I mean, it's not usually like soon after it was released and it drops the, the price of the season pass. Mm. For example, I think in, in uh, when it comes to, let's just put, to put a random example, Assassin's Creed, I think they only drop the, the price of the season pass when all the pieces of the DLC have already been released. Yeah. Mm. I know of one, I know of one game that dropped it. Um, or no, no, there was one that raised it partway through was because it dying their, light yeah their scope had changed I th- i'm not sure if it was dying like but their, their scope had changed and they wanted to do more so if you'd got in already then um you you won basically <laughs> Good for you. it was the is it Techland? they made dying light right yeah yeah i'm pretty sure it was dying light where if you did ba- if you did pay for the season pass in the launch window you you basically did well for yourself because they put the price up right yeah mm. So anyway, that's Doom multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone that already has Doom, please give it a go. You've already bought the damn game. And I know there's a lot of people out there that aren't playing it. So drop into freeze tag. Uh, if after 30 minutes you're not enjoying freeze tag, what can I tell you? you maybe, just throw, maybe, throw maybe the maybe game away. Like yeah, yeah. Just just shut the disc out the window. I don't know. <laughs> um, get in the sea. Uh, so, so the topic then, back to the topic. Uh, Mm. We wanted to talk a bit about our individual histories and how we first encountered first-person shooters. That's right, isn't it? We're going to talk about first-person shooters specifically. Yeah, Yeah, competitive shooters. I might branch into a bit of third-person, but mainly mainly talking about, yeah, shooters. Okay. Do you want to kick us off then, Rob? Oh, wait. Bob, did you have something to say? No, no, no. I was just saying pew, pew. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that contribution Good i can't point. Yes. I, I, i'm looking forward to getting around to you uh, <laughs> so okay. rob, rob kick us off so i started so i said this before i didn't get into pc gaming until i think 2013 and that meant that my first shooter experiences were with the ps2 followed by the Xbox and then the 360. And that's where I spent most of my competitive gaming time. Uh, I think the first... Now, this is going to maybe shock you. My first first-person shooter was Time Splitters on the PS2. Oh, that's you great. Know what? You yeah, you could have done a lot worse there, Rob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, you may have saved yourself because I was so ready to pounce <laughs> on you as a console <laughs> gamer. You, you've done okay. Um, well, here's, here's where you could still get upset is um well actually um i i made some maps in like time splitters one and that's where uh the snap map stuff for doom is exciting to me and i'm gonna have to spend some time there um but i i played some poor man's versions of some very popular pc shooters on the ps2 i played the ps2 versions of unreal tournament oh um, red faction okay and Uh... um and and a game called Quake Three Revolution, which was the PS2 version of Quake Three Arena. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. 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 So that's that. They are arena shooters, 
I played against the AI primarily, <laughs> but um, I at least have an understanding of what those games are like, uh, especially now that I've got the keyboard and mouse uh, sort of understanding to to see how that was. But I I never had a N64, so I never got into GoldenEye or Perfect Dark. I was so, just about right. to ask you that. Yeah, if you ever played yeah, GoldenEye local multiplayer, that is like that was like um, the best. I have since. I have I have since then, but back in the day, definitely not. Yeah. Um. But then when I got the Xbox, and once it once Xbox Live kicked in, that's where I spent most of my of my gaming time. Uh, with like Halo Two was the biggest one. Um. Did you play actually, Wolfenstein on the Xbox? Return to Cost. Yes, I did play that, Return to Cost. I spent a lot of time on that game. Um. Yeah. I, I actually have friends that I met playing that game on Xbox Live that I still speak to today. Yeah, same same for me um, with with that, but also with uh, Rainbow Six Three and Rainbow Six Three Black Arrow, which were the... I, I don't know how big they were on PC, but they were huge on Xbox Live because they were the best multi- they were the best online shooters available and it and it wasn't I didn't get the sense that that was just a default thing that because they were the only thing available they were very good games and they lent to a uh what ended up being our favorite game as a clan because I ended up joining a clan and eventually running it hmm. and uh both hosting and attending LAN parties where we all hooked up our Xboxes. Um, I imagine, Earl, once we get to your side of the story, uh, you might have had something similar, but on the PC. Mm, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was Gears of War, it was Ghost Recon 2, and all its, all its expansions. Uh, Time Splitters, Future Perfect, uh, Battlefield 2, Modern Combat. Oh wow! I, mean, um, <laughs> I, I I worked on that game. That was uh, that was a, that was a special game. It's an interesting interesting take on the on the series. I think I think um, technically at the time it was groundbreaking to yeah, have that many people it, um, with vehicles flying around on a games console. Yeah, yeah, and it was good fun, um, and it was doing different things to what we as a as a clan had played before. Um, Unreal Championship one and two. Which yeah. were very different games to to Unreal Tournament. So uh, the Unreal's and the Quakes. I think the Dreamcast versions of those games may have been online. At least Quake was. Um, yeah. And you, you're talking about the Xbox version of Unreal Challenge. Is that right? Unreal Championship. Championship. So this is the one with the very sort of um, damn Egyptian style stuff, like arenas, and you had right, there was, right. There was a focus on melee combat, like it was a third person game even oh I, do you know what that's completely passed me by then oh wow <laughs> um I, i'll be very interested to look up videos of that afterwards because yeah um i'm a big fan of the unreal franchise but it's only always ever been on pc and most of it on the once it became tournament mm-hmm. right um another big thing for me was yeah ghost recon and splinter cell uh so the the thing that was big f- for these sort of military shooters and all the Tom Clancy games was that there was, there were slower paced. Like we had to inch forward on our bellies, um, using voice comms to, to coordinate going round corners. And how did you uh, keep the controller in your hands while in that pose? It was difficult. Mm. Um, I really could have used the Star Fox zero swing patent pending. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I knew it was going to yeah. come out every now- <laughs> at some point. I, I, the I fed it to you. I fed it to you. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so slow pace, but very team focused. And that's where Overwatch is a big thing for me because you are nothing if you're not contributing and thinking about the team. If you're just going out there for kills, you're not going to get anywhere. You might get mm. play of the match because you're going to get, you're going to rack up a good spree, but it's not going to mean anything in terms of your team's success. Um, just to, just to briefly move on from there, sort of things got a bit slower. I moved over, moved to Spain um, around the time the the Xbox 360 came out and had less time for the for the clan stuff. But I was still playing a a load of um, Call of Duty 2, which I still oh, maintain yeah. is the best first person shooter on the on the 360. I won't actually disagree with you. Um, I think that's a fantastic game. The multiplayer on that game was really really good. It was so good. It was, uh, again, a, sh- a handful of maps, beautifully designed and uh, designed with the way the game plays out in mind. Yeah. Uh, which was at times moving very slowly through the map, covering each other, covering your uh, angles, like uh, keeping one alleyway uh, covered whilst your friends moved up. That completely got thrown out the window and, and blown up once you started getting into modern warfare. Uh, although I did play quite a lot of, of that one, Call of Duty 4. Um, Halo 3. I was going to say, just, just in Call of Duty, I think from Call of Duty 2 onwards, um, it was the first console game for me where I felt that my input on the sticks was one-to-one with yeah. what was happening on screen. Um, I just felt like that, that was Infinity Ward back then, wasn't it? Right? Yeah, it's definitely it a landmark Ward yeah. from yeah, yeah with with one and then with two, which was a 360 launch title, and then they started um, alternating with Treyarch. Right. I, I just think that team were the first to really figure out how to make a pad feel good um, in an online shooter. Um, I, I I felt that with Halo Two, um, but it's also plays out very differently you're more spongy as a focus on shields and regenerating yeah i think health i think um on i think with halo that that game is tailored very well for consoles but at the same time i don't feel it had the same what they call that what they call twitch reaction gameplay that call of duty has and call of duty 2 was the first game where i was like oh shit maybe console games can be the same as a pc experience where there's a guy breathing down my neck, spin around, headshot. <laughs> yeah, and you yep. can't and, and you can't do that on Halo. It's it's different, definitely. And having come from playing five years as a console competitive player, like I was in, I was in tournaments. I was in clan matches every week. Um, I was very good with a controller and still am. Like far better than I am with a, <laughs> with a mouse and keyboard, as you might have seen in our Doom streams. <laughs> um, so yeah, by the time we got to the 360 with Call of Duty 2, that it was perfect. Um, much better than Perfect Dark Zero, <laughs> which is another launch title. Oh dear. Um, which didn't pan out quite so well. Um, did that have multiplayer? It, it was all about the multiplayer. Really? So yeah, so they from, said, but, uh, it, it was no good. No, it no, was no it wasn't. It, it, it just didn't feel right. You would shoot people and, and they would exclaim in pain half a second later and then they would ragdoll in the most incredible ways. It was, it was not a good game, but it was one of the few things we had available at the time. Yeah. Cause um, so, is it, uh, Graw came out a few months down the line, didn't it? Advanced Warfare came out, um, the 
first quarter of 2006, so it was a good six months out from launch. Wait, wait, Advanced Warfare or Modern Warfare? Advanced Warfare. Ghost uh, Recon Advanced, Advanced, Warfare. Advanced Warfare. Sorry, sorry, War yeah. Warfighter. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Advanced <laughs> Warfighter. Uh, yes, that's the one, Warfighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and that, <laughs> was, Naming that was as that. good. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's all modelled up. Um, yeah, Advanced Warfighter was every bit as good as Ghost Recon 2, which we played a lot, so... That brought things back to competitive gaming for the for the console. From from there, there was not really much apart from Halo Three, which I did never I never thought was as good as Halo Two. Um, all the way up until I think twenty twelve, where Tom and I played Max Payne Three online religiously, um, and that was really my last the last time I really put a huge amount of time into a multiplayer shooter, ex- except for a, a brief time with uh, Battlefield Four. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's more or less my history on consoles. And then I moved to, to PC and I'm not very good at CSGO. Uh, I'm not very good at Doom. And uh, you, I, th- I think you were getting there. I think I th- there's a learning I, yeah. curve with Doom. Yeah, there's something in there, but it's definitely, you have to remember that I've been using a keyboard and mouse in this way for a, a couple of months, really. Mm. Like, I, I started playing CSGO this year, like, in I might, earnest. I might have a look at your setup and see if there's something I can do to help you out there as well. Yeah, I need to, I, I guess I need to keep fiddling with settings and trying to get into it. But, um, yeah, it's all I, about I decreasing keep, your input lag and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It, it gets a bit, I, a bit techy. No, I'm fine. I, I want to try that because I do want to get good at both Overwatch and Doom. And I think Overwatch. If I look at the characters I spent the most time with, they're the ones where I don't have to aim. <laughs> I right, can just right. use Winston and fire the lightning well, Apparently gun. Overwatch, you actually don't have to... This isn't a criticism at all, but you actually mm-hmm. don't have to be aiming at them for the, to hit. There's a bit of autocorrection on the, on the shooting in Overwatch. Right. I think with the maybe the exception of some Widowmaker sniping or something yes, like I that. Yes, I imagine that has to be perfect. But yeah, some, yeah. Of, some of the characters, you the hitbox is a bit big and you don't necessarily have to have the reticle exactly on the enemy sure. for it to hit. There's a <laughs> yeah, bit of drift the actual on the skill bullets. is in, in movement and timing and uh, team combinations. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. But um, yeah, I've resisted plugging in a controller and, and giving up. I do want to keep moving forward with the keyboard and mouse and get to a point where I can feel good about, uh, you know, consecutive MB- MVPs or something like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all she wrote really for, for my history. That's, uh, that's a big variety of games. As yeah, well, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's an impressive yeah. catalog you played, man. Yeah. Even all my, my list is gonna be much shorter. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, yeah, I jumped about a lot, much as I still do to this day, but a lot of it was driven by, uh, which, which games I could convince eight or more people in the clan to get, uh, to get. Uh, so I would, I would get most of the games, uh, play with randoms online, see which, which ones stuck. And, uh, some of them did, some of them didn't. Mm. Chrome Hounds. <laughs> I wish that was Chrome Hounds. Amazing. I think Chrome Hounds is awesome, but yeah. that's another, that's a topic for another day. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Chrome Hounds. I would not mind doing a retrospective on Chrome Hounds. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sh- you can't play that game anymore. Yeah. No, it's impossible, right? You'd have to just yeah. like get YouTube videos and commentate. Well, maybe maybe if uh can't you set up like a fake Xbox Live server or something? I don't know how that works. Yeah. I I actually did that once for Halo 
um, oh, wow. because Halo didn't have any online. Yep. But through Wireplay, which is going to come up in my talk later, there was a okay. way to emulate servers. I don't mm. don't know if it's still there, but yeah, I think so. But um, yeah. So Overwatch and Doom, Overwatch is doing it more for me because of the team play. Mm. Uh, whereas when we when we're playing together, like when you, Stu and myself are playing, uh, Freeze Tag, it's all about the communication. But mm. it's you can just be an awesome player, like that guy King from the other day. Yeah. He was just a beast. Yeah, he had prestige four times and. He was carrying his team, whereas you can't really do that with Overwatch. No, it's I would I would argue it's impossible in Overwatch. Yeah. Um, yeah. That being said, I think a six man team on Doom um, would be just incredible. Um, but yeah, definitely six one, friends communicating exactly. Yeah. But one player can make a huge impact in that game. Um, yeah. One player can indeed beat six other players in that game. Yes, it's, 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 it's has been. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have seen it multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> um i'm gonna switch it up rob sure. um and i'm very interested to hear from bob because uh okay f- forgive me for speaking for you but you're not actually much of a shooter fan generally uh, are you no i'm not that's the thing i mean and not because i haven't played them because i have i have really an extensive history with first person shooters but um the, the fact is that i am just not very good at them at all mm. i mean i, I just do not enjoy them as much. So my history with first-person shooters and shooters in general summarizes in just playing with friends and with friends mm. exclusively, you know? So, um, yeah, my, my history basically begins in, in those places where you actually went with your friends and you paid for one hour of LAN games you know, oh, cyber yeah. cafes and such. I, I yeah. don't, I don't know if they still exist, but I have fond memories I, of that. You know, n- not in the West. <laughs> no, yeah, that's uh, the thing. I mean, yeah. they may exist, but they are definitely not as big as they are right now, mm. or as they were the th- then. Because, well, anyone has an internet connection at home right now. So, what so, sort of games were usually in those cafes back um, when you were playing? They were big on Half-Life mods mostly. Yeah. So back then, hmm. I played mostly um, Half-Life. Um, Counter Strike, Day of Defeat, Action, Half Life, and a myriad of <laughs> mods. Yeah, yeah, and also Quake Three. So, uh-huh. yeah, of course. I mean, there was um, where I used to live. The there was no prestige in a cyber cafe because that's what they call them. If they did not have Quake Three and Age of Empires or StarCraft. But yeah, the yeah. fact is that nobody played StarCraft or Age of Empires there because the games were <laughs> the, the games were so long, and uh, you yeah. you would just had like maybe half an hour to play a few games and such. So you always wanted you always end up playing Quake Three or Counter Strike. I actually attended um, an Age of Empires LAN party once. Yeah, and the game hadn't resolved in the four hours that had been booked for the venue. <laughs> we just had to like shut down. Like, Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, if you were to pay for a land party on Age of Empires or Starcraft, you may be as well paying a fortune <laughs> voluntarily. Yeah. So, so yeah, um, I I used to go with my friends there, and uh, even though I was really bad at those games, I still had some somewhat fun with them. Because, yeah, I was always, like, sitting beside her, ha, ha, I killed you, then we slap each other, and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, trash talk here and there. <laughs> so that's that's what made it fun for me. But, um, of course, eventually this, this would be going down and down, the more the online multiplayer factor was actually reaching our homes. 
Yeah. But that really did not stop me from playing shooters. I've I've been also purchasing a lot of uh, PC and console shooters. I've played a bunch of Halo games, Call of Duty, Battlefield and such, but I really never uh, played them on my own. I never really enjoyed them when I played them on my own. I still don't. So we go um, to that day. Mm, Rob, I played with you several times, Call of Duty 4 on the Xbox 360, for example. Yeah. So yeah, those those times were really fun. That's definitely my highlight of the console first-person shooter era because I had like a steady party to to play towards and makes all the difference yeah, yeah makes I, all the difference i hated playing with randoms because it was 100 percent frustration i had none of the enjoyment but all of the frustration why whereas when i play with friends you at least can like chat around and you know it's it's completely different but yeah, I think, you, well you're, n- you're not focusing like if you're getting destroyed by a, a four-year-old or maybe a four-year-old <laughs> so, 14 14 14 year old uh it's so hard to judge these days yeah uh, you know um yeah if you if you're getting destroyed you're just getting killed again and again and again and there's no one else to talk to and vent with you're just focusing on that whereas if you're you're chatting with someone mm-hmm. you may not even realize you're doing terribly yeah yeah, yeah. But you yeah, know what? I, I think most of these games are best as a social experience. Exactly. You know what? The, mm. What my favorite first-person shooter of that era was for me, it was actually Left 4 Dead. So, oh really? Yeah, I, really. I, I really. Even, I don't even classify that as that era. To be honest with you, it well, I mean, so recent to me. Yeah, but it, it's still actually not that. If you think about it, it's yeah, it's so not really I, that that recent. I mean, it's actually a, a few years old. And let me uh, think: is it post Orange Box or before Orange Box? I um, think a little post. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, what we're we talking? It wasn't in Orange Box, was it? it no, it wasn't. Um, don't. Yeah, maybe two thousand nine. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. But, but yeah, that's Jeez, the thing. Time I mean, goes by too quick. Seven, seven years. <laughs> it's been seven yeah. years since Left 4 Dead one, and I remember when I was when I was working with you guys over there. I remember like hanging out over that night, uh, having a an Xbox Live party with with I don't know, uh, Aitor, Juanan, and Chema. And, and just play together and have a lot of fun. And then my parents t- telling me to, to quiet down because I was like screaming at 1 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> because that game was so freaking tense and it was all yeah, about the yeah. communication and it was all about the cooperation. Even though we were playing versus other players because they were the zombies, I was still mm. having my, my co-ops fun, my co-op experience, which I, it was a, definitely a lot of fun. That was the one that I liked, that I liked the most from that era. But I, I kept playing them, you know. I so sorry, I did interrupt you. No, no, I was about to interrupt you. I wanted to mention as an aside as we're talking about Left 4 Dead and Orange Box that uh, if you're listening to this podcast of the day of release, it is 10 years and 3 days to the day that Half-Life 2 episode 3 was announced. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so that's officially more time than Final Fantasy 15. Yeah, 10 years. Yeah, 10 years, man. A freaking yeah. decade with no Half-Life news. Yeah. But yeah, um, anyway, uh, moving forward a little bit more into the future, I, I know that I'm not really enjoying those the shooters game, shooter games very much, but I still, every now and then, whenever a shooter comes out, uh, maybe a new Battlefield, Star Wars Battlefront or something, I still play that but only if I can play with friends. If I have to like turn it on and play it on my own, I, I have done that a few times, 
and I may be having fun for like 10 minutes, but then after that is all a spiral downhill of always death and frustration and yeah, mm. no longer fun. Yeah, I think even as someone that classifies himself as a specialist in this genre, I generally won't play on my own. Mm. Um, I think that's, be- for me, that's because uh, it feels like I'm wasting my time. Like I'm putting, I'm spending my shooter time on my own. I might as well go and play something single player. Exactly. I would right. rather play a yeah. campaign. The- you know yeah the, the time sinks because yeah you're, you're right there's no end to this you could just play it forever and ever and ever with no end goal I, I will say um to call back to the beginning of the podcast doom is actually the first game in about 10 years that i've enjoyed playing on my own um as a multiplayer game um i think because the matches are just so quick um and if you do a little bit of fiddling so you can boot straight into the lobby screen on doom on pc you can skip all the loading screens and stuff um, I can just very quickly, in between browsing sessions, go, uh, I'll have a quick five-minute deathmatch thing, and then then just minimize the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm actually enjoying playing Doom on my own. More so with friends, definitely, but I am able to just dip into that and have a good time. In my case, that's exactly what happened with Overwatch. Because, um, mm. yeah, that's the thing. I mean, when when Overwatch first came out and it was announced, I was like, oh my, another shooter whoopee um i was Mm. not excited at all but then i started hearing about people who were actually trying it like friends of mine at work and everything like dude uh i know you don't like shooters very much but if you get a chance try overwatch because this may be just for you and i was like why and nobody could tell me why so (laughs) everyone was like "I, i i i can't really say why but you should it's try Blizzard. It that's yeah. why. Just, I mean, just yeah. fucking buy it. <laughs> you, jokes aside, that's pretty much what people told me. Like it's Blizzard. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay, fine, I'll give you that. So Blizzard are exactly the company that made a MOBA for me that I like when I really mm-hmm. don't like MOBAs that much. So uh, Heroes of the Storm is awesome, and I just play it every now and then. It's great. So I say, okay, I'm gonna give them a bit of faith, and I'm gonna say that whenever I get the chance, I'm going to play Overwatch, see if they can convince me to enjoy shooters again. Yeah. And exactly, they did. Because probably what you said before, because you don't have to be like 100% accurate on your shots and everything, it's mostly about enjoying the game. And it's mostly about playing as a team, compensating yeah. roles and setting up um, different strategies. It's very dynamic. You don't even have to voice chat in order to coordinate because you already see which heroes the rest of the team has picked up and maybe you can just adapt that and compensate. I don't know. It it's definitely mm. a lot faster and a lot more enjoyable and I'm having a lot of fun with it and I cannot wait for it to come out. <laughs> Why is it not 1am already? <laughs> <laughs> this podcast will continue for the next few hours until it's actually released. I'm just okay. going to have to f- fill the time in. It's, <laughs> so Overwatch is actually very similar to a game that's uh, very, very close to my heart. Um, I'll tell my story. Um, so 1998 was the year I got my first PC. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I needed it for homework, but it had to be the one that had a graphics card in it. Uh, because I remember walking into my local Special Reserve, which was a games chain in the UK. Isn't that a beer? <laughs> it, it, yeah, I think one of the reasons it died is because it wasn't very clear what was inside that place. <laughs> um, and I just used to watch a demo reel that 3dfx had installed on this machine 
and there were three games that would rotate and they were playing in real time it wasn't a video it was actually generated rendering exactly um it was quake 2 incoming and a game that not many people had heard of called half-life oh uh, nobody i don't think so it's too well it it hadn't been released at this time (laughs) um so first person shooters were a big deal before i came to them but for me all that really existed was goldeneye that was all that really uh was a first person shooter that i would classify as a good one um and that all i had available to me was that and doom on the snares i guess um where all right, I there was a SNES actually, version that's right there I were, keep yeah. forgetting yeah so i played half-life um on on release day and i actually can't remember the timeline but i'm pretty sure within a year um the mod scene became um started to surface for half-life and a game that was made in-house to show off what the mod tools could actually do um, was based on a Quake 2 mod called Team Fortress. It was a Quake uh, 2 mod? It was originally, yes. I, I think it was no a idea. Quake 1 mod, in fact, if I took, I'm correct myself. Um, but yeah, Team Fortress started as a Quake mod um, mm. and became an official mod uh, by Valve for, uh, for Half-Life. And this was around the time that we actually got a modem installed. So I, w- I had access to the internet to download it. Um, heaven for- I-, I-, I can't even remember how long it took to download that thing on a 56K <laughs> modem, but I'm sure it was overnight and then some. Um, and I played Team Fortress Classic uh, into the early hours um, on paying by the minute as I'm connected to the phone line. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I've never been in more trouble in my life, <laughs> but, uh, but team fortress actually stayed with me for, I think five years. Uh, I played that game. Um, I, I, I hesitate when I say that, uh, when I got a bit older, I played that game, uh, professionally, because when you talk about professional gamers now, we're talking very big salaries. Uh, back then, I was paid £100 if we won a tournament, which we did not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I was into uh, clan gaming in a big way in that game. Um, in actual fact, Stu um, also joined in and um, started off in a rival clan, but eventually him and a, f- a few people joined my clan. Um, and we did very well, at least in the online scene. Uh, in the UK, there was a network called Wireplay. And um, myself and a few other guys reached admin status. It's Wireplay is the equivalent to PSN or Xbox Live today. And people in my clan were admins of this network um, for, for games. So us as teenagers, we felt just super powerful. Like we had the keys to the kingdom. Uh, we could kick people out of um, Quake servers, even if we didn't have Quake, because you had a little interface where you could see who was playing and just and just boot them out. <laughs> so, yeah, T- Team Fortress was uh, was a, a really big deal for me. Um, I then branched out into Unreal. Um, I didn't get serious about Unreal until Unreal Tournament and the subsequent releases of Unreal Tournament. And I was really good at uh, a mutator called Instagib, 
which is basically everyone has a sniper rifle, which is fully automatic and it's one shot kills. Mm -hmm. Um, and I got to a point where I got so good at this that I was spotted by a Finnish guy. Um, and we would sort of just play together. I would play with his clan and his clan went on to represent Finland in an international tournament that was to be played in London. And he knew I was from England and there was a guy in the team that couldn't make the flight. So I actually went to London and played Unreal Tournament for Finland. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And ironically, the United Kingdom actually won the damn thing. (laughs) uh, It was sabotage, I tell you. Yeah, yeah. But those were the, the biggest heights. And really for me, it was pretty much those two games. And I played them for like half a decade or more each. Um, I poured everything I had into those games. Uh, I dabbled at Counter-Strike, um, especially when patch 1.5 came out. Um, so that's when that mod got really serious. Um, mm-hmm. And that studio started to, there were talks for them to be bought out. And I think Valve did eventually buy the IP off them and everything. Um but yeah, I, I I played very few games, but I played those games a lot. But even if you played less games than I did, for example, I still consider your story to be a lot more uh, interesting in terms of first-person shooter and revolving that than mine. Because yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I guess like if you dedicate that much time to one game, it's interesting to see uh, where you can take it. And this is this is how esports players today. Uh, basically live their life is Mm -hmm. they only play that one game and that's why they're capable of reaching these incredible heights and these very high stakes high money uh, uh, matches that they have to play yeah um (laughs) i'm too old now yeah i think that's also part of it right yeah you know my my reaction time and my ability to stay awake for 48 hours without (laughs) flinching (laughs) and just keep on practicing that those days are gone that's yeah that's ungone um, I have responsibilities now and, and a family coming. So I, I, just, I just can't do that anymore. But um, I, the, the time put in is definitely a major, major part of it. Um, and, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that even even at our age, if we was to dedicate that same time to something like Overwatch, we could be professionals if we wanted to. Um, but it would, it would just mm. mean a major sacrifice to get there, I guess. <laughs> yeah, not just not just in the time you spend playing other games, but more more time yeah yeah from, from other things that you want to do or need to do so i'm, yeah. I'm, I'm very excited about overwatch because it's not a, it's not a class um based team shooter um in in team fortress and team fortress 2 which is a bit different to be fair team fortress 2 the scenarios are almost like for like what you see in overwatch um team fortress classic was capped to the flag um only but yeah. team fortress is like you know you have a medic a soldier um, heavy machine gun guy they've branched those classes out into uh what are they called is it tank help me out here support tank support attack and defense so although those classes exist they have sub characters that exist within those that are very different so one tank isn't the same as another tank and i yeah. think that's a, an evolution that's come from the the moba era that we're in where it's all about the heroes um, the characteristics of the individual characters and getting to master them. And I'm yeah. a, I, as someone that isn't a MOBA player, but has a lot of respect 
for those games and enjoys reading and watching those games getting played out. Um, I now have a game that, although it is not a MOBA, um, speaks a bit more to me, at least on the, the hero selection part, and is going to bring back a lot of Team Fortress memories. And to play that with you guys who aren't really into the same... You, know, you, you have a very different backstory to me, and Bob isn't even into the genre at all. No. The fact that that game has brought all six of us together to play that game is an incredible achievement and yes, the damn yes, thing is. isn't even out yet that we're so it's <laughs> not even on. out and we've all played the beta and that alone has generated enough of an opinion and excitement i think it's just an incredible achievement um you know game of the year conversations in december are going to be very interesting yeah yeah <laughs> but you know what i think to be honest i don't know exactly what Overwatch has that pretty much our conversation and our level of hype, so to speak, is pretty much mm. a general thing. I mean, it's not only us, it's everyone yeah. around. I have That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I have the feeling that whenever Overwatch comes out, humanity will cease to exist. I give it like a couple of months after Overwatch has come out. So people start dying off because, yeah, it would be I mean, too busy playing Overwatch to feed. A big, big shout out to uh, Dave and Mike from Shell Games, who we yes. did an interview with last week. Um, uh, one of the questions was, you know, what game are you most looking forward to? And I think of those guys as having a real like finger on the pulse of what's hot on the indie scene and being very creative people. And I expected something very left field and to hear Dave say Overwatch, I'm like, holy shit, that's it. That game is just literally got every <laughs> single person in the industry grabbed. Oh yeah. Um, so I, I just haven't spoken to someone that at least isn't fully aware of that game and curious about it. But the vast majority I've spoken to have already pre-ordered the thing. For me, it was totally off my radar until I got my PC and we started talking about uh, Overwatch. And then I realized, hang on, this is something I could completely get into. And now I should, because I've got the rig for it. Like nothing against the console versions, but I, I do want to play that game with the sort of, the, the biggest community possible with the most friends possible. And, yeah. And playing in that ecosystem is, is going to achieve that. Yeah. Ba- Battle.net is, is a quite a special place because you're going to have friends that are really into World of Warcraft, Starcraft, Heroes of the Storm. Um, everyone has a friend that is into a Blizzard game. I just, if, if you're at least someone enthusiastic enough to be listening to this podcast, I would be amazed if you're not a person that at least doesn't know someone that's into Blizzard. So yeah, if, if you can play the PC version, that's most likely where the community is going to be. It's so sad that Tom and Harsh are going to be playing the, the console version instead. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to hear about their adventures. Yeah. Um, and the, I, in actual fact, it's, it's funny because that game does tailor itself quite well yeah, to a yeah. controller, I think. Totally. Where yeah. Yeah. When you were, yeah. talking, you were talking before about the... The, preci- the precision not needing to be there. Yeah. Like that's, that totally fits that way, way better than it does for, for Doom. Although for Doom, if everyone's on a controller, it's a bit different. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a level playing field, but it's, I don't know if you've, I watched back some of the footage that we recorded when we played the Doom beta on PS4 and looking at it now, it looks really weird to see mm. everyone kind of, oh, he's, a bit behind me, I'm going to strafe away from him, rotate, and yeah. then start squeezing the trigger. I think I told you the uh, pre- t- you know 
moving the sticks in alternate directions to circle strafe and and, move, and turn around as quickly as possible. That was that's a that's a, a, a like a an elite move. <laughs> yeah. Whereas on PC, it's you know you can turn on a dime. Yeah, wherever I need to you go are. And check that footage. Now we've actually sp- spent some time with the PC version. Um, yeah. Also, Tom was mentioning that now he can't play any other kind of shooter. Now he's played Doom. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> he was playing, playing Homefront. Homefront, yeah, the Revolution. Oh my and, god, is he playing that through choice or is he? So I'm paying him. Um, I think it's through curiosity, uh, curiosity more than anything. Okay, I mean, I played the first Homefront and it wasn't actually that bad, but I'm just thinking of May is an interesting month for games, and that yeah. game of all games is an interesting choice to spend your time with. I think I think it was a very very unfortunate release with Homefront because he had a very very uh, accident filled development, and yeah. all that hard work had led to be released on the same month where Doom and Overwatch get released. It's a bad year to it's be honest. It's really I mean, unfortunate. If, if if you're going to be any later, you're going to be competing with what have we got? Call of Duty. Battlefield, Titanfall, yeah, uh, all, all those games are landing before Christmas. All right. So, um, well, this this one's competing with Far Cry. From what I've seen, it's an urban Far Cry. There's a new Far Cry. Uh, no, but it's, oh, I see. It's, it's trying to play within that space because right, you right. are you are, you are approaching buildings um, in the same way that you'd approach an encampment in Far Cry. Okay. Um, also, they call the they have a slang term for the North Amer- the North Korean enemies. They call them Norks, which to me um, is just tits. Yes, it is. <laughs> it also sounds like they've invented a racial slur. Yeah, they did. So, I, I, inventing a racial slur doesn't make it less racist. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to be any good now. <laughs> you know, it doesn't it doesn't make it more acceptable. The fact it hasn't been used before, like. <laughs> every swear word and racial slur started somewhere <laughs> so yeah okay I, I, that's the first i've heard of that one <laughs> let's move on yeah well in, in actual fact i was going to wrap it up here um unless you sure. guys had something else to chime in on no i enjoyed i enjoyed uh hearing your histories and and thinking back on where i've where i've come from and it's very interesting as you said that we've we've got such different and diverse backgrounds you've come from pc i come from console both in in the in a competitive space and has got experience with with pc and and he's actually got experience with like action half-life and action quake i think mm. he said which is what inspired the the creators like the main creators of overwatch that's right yeah, yeah. action yeah, yeah. half-life was a big uh a big big deal uh, for those guys when they were playing games not a lot of yeah. people actually knew about it to be honest I mean, no action. Action was quite niche. Yeah, um, action was very, very niche. Yeah, I, I, I did play action uh, probably more than Counter Strike actually, mm. but uh, difficult to tear me away from Team Fortress. But yeah, mm. it's, it is interesting to see that um, all roads lead to Overwatch. Um, <laughs> and uh, let me have a look. We're, it, it's released in three hours from now, mm-hmm. so <laughs> everyone buckle up. Two hours and um, fifteen minutes. Is that, is that oh where you are? <laughs> yeah, possibly. Uh, okay, so uh, quite interested to hear feedback from any of our listeners. Uh, podcast at goplaythat.com. Uh, let us know if you like the new format. Uh, we'll always be sharing games that we feel passionate about with you, but we felt that with this format, we feel less forced to talk about what we're playing that week. 
because it may not necessarily be something we're head over heels in love with. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. that's not going to happen all the time. Yeah. So we, we want to really focus on the, the games that we love. And that's not always going to be the games that we played yesterday. Sometimes that's going to be the games we played a decade ago. Yeah. Yeah. Feedback, but also share your background and whether you're interested in Overwatch. I mean, that's a given. Of course you are. But um, yeah, <laughs> we, I'd like to hear other people's stories of, of where they've come from in terms of, of shooters or, or if they're just interested in the game, but haven't really any background maybe we can comment them on some sort of follow-up podcast or something if you send us like a story that that you were very very uh, enthusiastic about at some point we will just discuss it on some future podcasts and comment on it absolutely and if you can fit your story down to 160 characters or less you can tweet us at go play that <laughs> uh, and please look us up on facebook uh, we, we do all the things and all the stuff and that's us for this week. Uh, please join us again next Wednesday. We're every Wednesday. We're, we've got a good run of Wednesdays now. We haven't uh, missed counted. one yeah. for for how no. long? Half a year already? No, I don't think so. I think it was was it November time or something? Yeah, November has been already a little bit more than half a year. If there's one thing you can say about GoPlayThat.com, they make a predictably scheduled podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay so that's us thank you very much and join us again next week goodbye thank you see ya bye Yeah.